The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show, and all I can say is get ready. You better just right now fasten that seatbelt, because any time I'm involved with anything that relates to Edwin Black, I say get ready and get ready. Fasten your seatbelt. What a show we're going to have today. You know, I want to thank you first. It is you. Americans with disabilities and people with disabilities throughout the world that have made this show number one on Voice America. And that's why this show today is so absolutely important. We are going to be speaking today to three different guests about the great new documentary, War Against the Week. I know many of you are familiar with Pulitzer-nominated author Edwin Black, who is an advocate for all, including people with disabilities, who has been on our show before and is with us again today. And in addition, we are so excited to have the producer and director of War Against the Week, Peter and Justin, with us. This is a very important film for everyone in the disability community. And I want to say first, on the air here, that I publicly endorse this documentary it is something that everyone in the disability community can see, should see. And one other thing I have to tell you, from the day I read that book, War Against the Week, it really did. It's one of those things you read that really does change your life. And then I had the great honor and blessing of meeting the author, Edwin Black. And he is the real deal. He is a champion and a hero of mine. Edwin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Joyce. We will have you anytime, Edwin. I, I think we'd like to start first, although we're going to talk to Peter and to Justin about the movie that they themselves made. Um, of course, it was based on the book you wrote, War Against the Week. And maybe we could, just as a refresher here for new listeners, would you mind telling our listeners again why you first wrote the book and how you feel now that it is a film? War, War Against the Week is the uh, horrifying chronicle of America's crusade to create a master race in which they would wipe out uh, all those in humanity um, who, were not, who did not conform to a blonde and blue-eyed stereotype. And this included um, blacks, Indians, Asians, uh, Jews, East Europeans, uh, Latinos, anyone of mixed uh, genealogy, and, of course, anyone deemed to be physically, morally, or socially unfit, and that included so-called epileptics, so-called feeble-minded, and so-called handicapped individuals. Their uh, remedies 
to um, subtract these human beings included uh, marriage prohibition, marriage restriction, uh, marriage voiding, concentration camps, and, and even gas chambers. Um, ultimately, because gas chambers were hard to legislate, they um, focused their main attention on um, uh, forced surgical sterilization, and some 60,000 Americans uh, were uh, forcibly sterilized, many without their knowledge, um, in some 27 states across the United States, and that was just on the state level. Uh, ultimately, all these activities, uh, which were well-financed by Carnegie, Rockefeller, and the Harriman Railroad Foundation, uh, in the first uh, two to three decades of the 20th century were proliferated into Nazi Germany and, in fact, became the basis for the concept known as the master race. Uh, Adolf Hitler told the, the, the proponents of this crusade, uh, you are my uh, uh, heroes, uh, this is my Bible, and he emulated what was done in the United States uh, with um, uh, profound uh, velocity and ferocity and created the Holocaust, the concept of the master race, based on an American ideology and, in, and in many cases, uh, uh, American money, which was paying depression-wrecked uh, Nazi doctors to proliferate these experiments. And, you know, every time I hear you say this, it is just as horrifying as it was the last time I heard you say it. I, I, I'll never forget one thing. At the beginning of the book, um, the intro, at the very end there, you ask yourself, what would cause us to do this? And you said there is only one word, arrogance. Never forget that, Edwin. And that is so sad. That is so sad. Well, what do you think now that this was made into a film, Edwin? Well, the film made by uh, Justin Strawhand, who is a, a, a profoundly talented filmmaker, and uh, Pete DeMoss, his uh, colleague and, and associate, the producer, uh, is just uh, a great work of cinematic art. Um, I've always wanted to uh, see the... Um, uh, the horrifying information in my film committed to, uh, in my book committed to film. And, uh, Justin has tackled that with extreme vigor, with extreme artistry, uh, with extreme skill. And he has fashioned his vision of my book. And, uh, it is, uh, in many instances quite breathtaking. Okay. Well, Edwin, we're on live here and we are also on Facebook and Twitter. And here we go from New York City, and this is a Linda. Uh, Mr. Black, what you have done with your life is absolutely remarkable. My question is, do you speak across the country, and how do we arrange having you speak? Uh, I speak uh, across the United States. Uh, uh, I do um, a few hundred events each year. Um, you can go to edwinblack.com. You can check out my speaking tab. Um, my next events will be uh, uh, up in uh, Binghamton, New York area, uh, near the birthplace of um, of IBM, and uh, I'll be in, uh, that'll be in September. I'll be in uh, Cleveland in November. Uh, those who wish me to come, there are some uh, logistical hurdles, but uh, that can be arranged. And um, just uh, send me an email. Um, up on my website, and uh, we will try to work 
to work it out with you. We speak to all groups, uh, religious, uh, uh, academic, um, institutional, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And we are working on getting him here in Pittsburgh during the same time period. So remember, edwinblack.com. Um, okay, well, Peter and Justin, wow, what an honor to have both of you with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, George. It's great to be here. Yeah, how did you, um, and either one of you could start, but how did you first meet Edwin, and why why did you want to see this book become a film? Sure, and this is Justin. Um, I had been or become aware of eugenics um, and had been tooling around with the idea of doing a documentary on it. And then I had the great fortune of reading Edwin's book and the breadth of the research and the very clear connection that he makes, which I think he makes courageously and which nobody else makes, this connection between American eugenics and the Nazis, um, is so important. It's a story that has been ironically marginalized, um, and I feel as, as an artist and as somebody that makes films that my mission in, in some very real ways is to tell the stories of the marginalized. And here was an attempt to uh, eliminate, you know, a huge amount of people, and the story was lost to history until Edwin brought it out. Um, and so to turn it into a film has just been, it's an honor to do so, but also we must tell this story. We need as many people to know this story, because going back to Edwin's comment about the arrogance, that hubris is... Uh, we hope it's retreated, but I think it can manifest itself at any time in any country. Germany was not an uncivilized country. The United States was certainly not an uncivilized country. And all it really took was some negative economic conditions to drive people into the most horrific acts of genocide that perhaps we've seen as a human species. Um, and so after I read Edwin's book, um, I really just sent him an email, and I let him know that I would like to make a film, and we talked a little bit, and uh, I convinced him I was up to the job, and uh, I, I hope that uh, I hope that I was. And well, you were, because it is a phenomenal film. Um, and how about you, Pete? How did you get involved with Edwin? Uh, well, I wasn't really familiar with Edwin's work before I met Justin. And uh, Justin was actually, we were supposed to meet for about two years through a mutual friend. And when we did finally meet, uh, we were talking about projects, and I asked him what he was working on, and he told me that uh, he had a documentary that he wanted to make about eugenics. And I simply asked, well, what's that? You know, not being familiar with it, as most people aren't. And uh, we had about a 40-minute conversation and after that, I was absolutely blown away by what Justin had told me. And I said, you know, you have to let me produce this for you because it was the most bizarre piece of history that I have ever heard of. And then uh, meeting Edwin, uh, I mean, I can't say enough about the gentleman and his work. I mean, it's, it's just brilliant. Well, when we come back from break, we want to talk more about his work and this film and how the disability community needs to get behind this film. You are listening to Joyce Bender, a woman with epilepsy who would have been one of those marginalized people. Disability Matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. 
We'll be right back with Peter, Justin, and Edwin to talk about the film War Against the Week. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. An ordinary sunny day. An ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids. And they were doing nothing. They were couch slouching. They were rug imitating. And lazy minute after... Lazy minute was passing them by. When suddenly... Huh? Hey guys, that's a personal foul. An active activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players on your lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. What a great show today. We have author Edwin Black, who wrote the book, War Against the Week. And then we have with us the producer, Peter DeMoss, and the director, Justin Strahan. And it is such a powerful, oh, oh, it's just a very powerful movie that, you know, when I saw it and I showed a few people with disabilities from our office, the first thing they said is, and why didn't we know anything about this? I said, oh, that's exactly what I said when I read the book. That is exactly what I said, because when I read the book, I thought, what, we were involved with all this? You know, I just couldn't believe it. So, Edwin, I want to ask you, why do so few people know about this? 
Well, I think um, very few people know about this be, um, for several reasons. The main reason is that after America um, um, stopped eugenics, and it was stopped only uh, by the invasion of Normandy and the, um, and the uh, overrunning of Eastern Europe by the Russians, when eugenics was stopped, the Americans who had sponsored this movement uh, ideologically, financially, pseudo-scientifically, and, and politically, looked, looked around and saw what they had wrought, and a sort of a collective amnesia, or can I say collective denial, ensued, where they said, we are not part of this, this is not what we did. And in fact, they, uh, it was at the uh, Nuremberg um, uh, trials that the concept of genocide was, solidif was solidified since it was only invented in, at Duke University in 1938 as a, as a, um, a charge to be leveled against the Nazis. Uh, and they said, uh, we have not done this, but you have. In point of fact, they had done it because, as the filmmakers know and as those who have read my book know, that the Nazi doctors who were placed on trial uh, entered the California statutes um, in their own defense. Moreover, they quoted the words of Oliver Wendell Holmes, who in 1927 um, made the uh, landmark decision uh, of Buck versus Bell, uh, making it the law of the land that some people were uh, bacterial in nature, using uh, uh, um, syphilis as a precedent, and had, and had to be wiped away uh, from uh, society, and uh, despite uh, entering the California statutes in the words of Oliver Wendell Holmes, um, uh, the um, Nazi doctors and the eugenic administrators were found guilty. They were um, uh, uh, sentenced to death or to long terms, and uh, Nazi and the concept of eugenics faded away and was renamed. Now, what was it renamed, Joyce? It was renamed genetics. Same laboratories, same doctors. Mengele's um, boss, who was um, uh, a recipient of Rockefeller funds, um, uh, uh, became a, one of the pioneers of the new genetic movement. Uh, and so genetics became the new watchword. Eugenics was, for, was forgotten. The... Um, uh, the university chairs were renamed instead of the Department of Eugenics, became Department of Genetics. The publications were changed from eugenics to genetics, but it was the same Rockefeller, Carnegie, and uh, similarly endowed organizations and programs that then, that then continued uh, 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 this program, albeit, and this is very important, hopefully with an enlightened new generation of doctors devoting to use this information, not to um, commit a war against the weak, but to uplift humanity. That has not always been the case, and I fear, and the disability community needs to fear this first, uh, I fear that the genetic information which we are gathering now uh, uh, will create a new war against the weak in eugenics, and this is something that I've also covered in my book, and I'm continuing to research to this day. Do you, and you know what, Edwin? Do you want to explain that? What you mean by that? Uh, by you by eugenics. Nugenics. Nugenics. Well, in the 
in the period to come, in the dark period to come, there uh, people will still be uh, discriminated against and persecuted uh, because of their um, ancestry. But in the uh, in the Nugenic realm, it'll be not because of national flags uh, um, and religious belief and racial uh, identification, but because of corporate convenience and corporate profitability. For instance, uh, the insurance industry is leading a uh, crusade to um, have all um, individuals disclose their um, uh, the um, blood information and genealogical information of their ancestors. And they claim if they can't get this, they can't have a viable um, uh, insurance world. And it's what they call uh, asymmetric information, where you know more than they know. But in practice, when they find out that your ancestors had a blood disease, as one insurance company did in Canada, a major insurance company, they disqualify the gentleman for uh, auto insurance, uh, in fact, a death benefit from a crash, saying he was never entitled to have um, uh, insurance because he failed to, to disclose this, the Santa Fe Railroad was doing genetic testing uh, on individuals to see their uh, propensity toward carpal tunnel. Uh, uh, in England, they've identified this as a genetic ghetto that is, it, that is being formulated now before our eyes in the realm of fire, F-I-R-E. That's, um, uh, that's uh, insurance, that's financial insurance and real estate. And they're saying that the man who cannot be insured who cannot be hired, cannot get a home, cannot get a job, and he will then be reconciled uh, um, to, an, to an economic ghetto, to a, to a genetic ghetto. So anti-genetic discrimination legislation was passed in England. That same type of legislation was introduced in the United States. It was passed unanimously by the Senate, of course, as soon as anything is passed unanimously by the Senate, you know the fix is in, that they're going to delay this thing to death in the House of Representatives. And that is exactly what has happened. And the insurance industry is leading the charge. But I fear that when it comes to the disability community, these people are going to be identified as the least uh, corporately profitable and so they're going to, they can easily be identified uh, uh, before they ever move to Houston, before they ever move to Pittsburgh, before they ever get a job in a neighboring state. It, it could be epilepsy. It could be a physical disability. It, it could be any of a number of traits. And here we have to identify what the problem is. It is not the alphabet that we blame, uh, meaning the information, meaning the genetic codes, it is what is done with that alphabet, what is done with that codes, and the fact is you can act out your racial fears and your discrimination fears, and this has been done time and time again by simply invoking this information that is either transmogrified, falsified, or misappropriated. Oh, my God. That w and do you understand what he's meaning, folks? This would be that someone would say, wait a minute now, you know, your mother had epilepsy or your mother had bipolar disorder and then you would be left out. This is the point he's trying to make, which it is discussed in his book, 
War Against the Weak, which I would highly recommend that you read, and I would highly recommend you see this film. This is a way for us to educate the 54 million Americans with disabilities in this country. Uh, Peter and Justin, and either one of you can respond to this. First, a question uh, online here from Twitter is, um, tell us, this is unbelievable, how do we go see this film how do you advertise when you're going to a different city? You want to do that one? I think Pete's off the line. Um, we are currently uh, touring film festivals. So the best way to find out where we are with the film is to go to waragainsttheweekmovie.com. You can also join our Facebook group, which is War Against the Week Movie, and you can follow us on Twitter and I believe that's also War Against the Week. Um, we are actively uh, seeking distribution partners to get this film out as rapidly and to as wide an audience as possible, um, but part of that is we still need to raise some money to finish the film. Um, but we're hoping that in the next couple of months that we'll be able to get it to, uh, to, to theaters, either independent theaters or some sort of... Um, larger distribution, and at the very least, it will be available on DVD, uh, I would say, in the next couple months. But I would also like to, the, to, to the website I, and join up the mailing list. Uh, I should also like to note that I do not have a Facebook account. I do not have a Twitter account. I do not Twitter, and I do not Facebook. <laughs> but other than that, I can be reached by anyone around the world at edwinblock.com. <laughs> at edwinblock.com. Yeah. Correct. But I, but, I, but I will figure this out when my daughter explains it all to I'm with you. That won't take long. Um, okay, so Justin, just so we understand this again, you can go to War Against the Week on Facebook and on Twitter, and when they do join the War Against the Week on Facebook, for example, it will yes. provide them with a calendar and a schedule of where you're going to be next? Yes, we have that information on there. We post it as it becomes available, and it also links back to our website, WarAgainstTheWeekMovie.com. There's a button on the website that you can join the mailing list, um, okay. and we send out a blast whenever we're going to be someplace new. So that may be the, the easiest, uh, most passive way to keep up with the film. All right, and also you have recently won some awards, correct? Yes, yes, yes we did. And what were they? Uh, we, we won uh, Best Feature Film at the Beverly Hills Film Festival. We won Best Documentary Film, a Director's Choice Prize at Delray Beach Film Festival. Uh, we took a Best Editing Prize out of some 235 films, uh, regular feature films and documentaries included in Rhode Island. And uh, we've been nominated for many uh, awards, such as Social Justice Awards, at the, uh, the different festivals we've been at. Um, and that's all. Well, that's a lot. That's wonderful. Congratulations. <laughs> Now, when, where are you going to be next? Where are you showing the film next? We're showing in uh, at the New Jersey Film Festival uh, at Rutgers University in, uh, and I don't know the date off the top of my head. I think it's September 10th and the 18th. It's September and 13th, then we're going to have a screening in uh, in New York City at the um, Anthology Film Archive in October. Uh, again, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, check the website and the dates are all on there. Uh, okay. All right. And with that, we're going to go to break for a minute, but we will be right back 
with Edwin Black, Peter DeMoss, and Justin Strawhan. We are talking about the powerful new film, War Against the Week. Tell everyone about it. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice at VoiceAmerica.com, where disability matters every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Over there? Over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Welcome back. And if you did just join us, wow, you're in for a great show today. We have Edwin Black, Pulitzer-nominated author of so many great books, although we're talking about War Against the Weak because it was made into a film, and we have the director and the producer with us today, so we are you know, excited to have them and talk to uh, Justice Strahan and Peter DeMoss. But I also want to mention that Edwin has written many very powerful books, such as Internal Combustion, IBM and the Holocaust. Um, I, I, I want to tell you, there's not a time you read one of his books that you're like, what? 
how did this happen? Why don't I know this? And as, um, I don't know if it was Justin or Peter mentioned, the research behind these books is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, so now, War Against the Week has been made into a documentary. That's what we're talking about right now. Uh, and Edwin, as you know, uh, I am really behind this film, but I want everyone on the show today, listening to the show today, to tell everyone they know about War Against the Week. You won't believe how you will react when you see this. As a matter of fact, Peter and Justin, what has been the reaction you've seen when people have uh, seen the show? Well, we've screened... I mean, seen the movie, point, sorry. Uh, yeah, we've screened at this point for maybe a 1,000 people uh, at the different festivals, and I've had people come up in tears. Uh, the general... I've had people thank me and say, thank you for making this movie. I don't know how you made it, but thank you for doing it. Um, we had a, a, a fellow in a wheelchair up in um, in Maine who was just really gung-ho about the film, and again, he said thank you. Uh, so I'd say 99% of the people say we had no idea about this or I'd heard a little bit. And these are very, I, I want to point out, these are very, very educated audiences. Most film festivals are tied in with, you know, better universities. And I've had, I had a professor from Duke come up and say, I didn't know all of this. You taught me something. Um, so every, uh, 99% is, uh, this is, this is powerful. We need to know this. We need to apply this. This is very important. And I would just like to say that there are the, that 1% who have come up to me and sort of in confidence say, you know, eugenics isn't the worst idea I ever heard of. Um, and these are the same people. These could be professors. They could be, you know, some sort of intellectual or elite who, uh, feel that eugenics isn't such a bad idea. And I've had somebody, I think, at every place that we've oh. seen come up and say that to me. Um, and I think that's very oh. important point about this film, is that there are people who, and I'm not saying that these people are racist exactly, but that they do think that there are people who should not be allowed to reproduce, be it classist or based on poverty or based on disability. Um, and so uh, the war against the weak is something that we have to fight constantly against, and that uh, again that those those germs those germs are, are are always there that is mind boggling to me i can 't believe anyone would say that that 's terror unbelievable. How about you pete what have you what reaction have you seen uh it 's basically the same as Justin has said uh you know. It's just unbelievable how uh, the film is connecting with individuals and, you know, how they do come up to us and say this movie has to be seen by everyone. And uh, that's really been the general consensus uh, from every festival that we've gone to. People are absolutely connecting with the film. Well, I want to tell you something. You really are having a major impact. You know this this show is heard everywhere, and here's the problem we're having right now. So many people are calling in. They have blocked the line. So Voice America <laughs> is going to take care of that. I just got this note from the uh, producer, but I guess they're really interested in this film of yours, Justin. Thank you. Uh, not only are your lines blocked, but the book is not available because every time the bookstores in Amazon restock, 
they uh, sold sell out within a day. If you go to Amazon.com, um, uh, you will see it says book is temporarily out of stock. Uh, literally, uh, I myself cannot get a copy of the book. There are hundreds of books being distributed now, but apparently, uh, as soon as the trucks reach the loading dock in the in the back end of the store, the book is uh, is uh, moving out the front. And uh, I've actually been trying to send one to Justin for the past uh, couple of weeks, and I finally got a copy of of my own. So if anyone thinks the book is not available because they say temporarily out of stock or seven to nine days to get the book or we have to confirm that the book is available, the book is available and will probably ship to you within uh, one to two to three days of your actually placing uh, in order, and that can be done at any bookstore or online retailer uh, in the world. Well, I'm going to tell you, we we are wanting to see that book everywhere, so I'm glad there's going to be a way that we'll be able to read it. And, you know, Edwin, as you know, I am the new chair of the National Board of the Epilepsy Foundation, um, and when I read your book, here was my big shock, how epilepsy was so prevalent, it, again, in the movie, same thing throughout the book and the movie, um, and it is amazing that even though there are so many disabilities that are hidden, they were focused on by these uh, eugenic monsters well, in America the and the Nazis. Is, Why? Well, they used uh, epilepsy as a kind of a catchphrase. Um, uh, they could easily claim you were epileptic, but they also had other catchphrases. One of them was uh, feeble-minded. And they never actually defined what feeble-minded was. Um, um, uh, just as uh, Goering said, uh, I know a Jew when I see one uh, during the Third Reich, um, the, the people who were identifying who uh, was feeble-minded and uh, not deserving to live in society used, uh, used to say, uh, I know them when I see them. In fact, um, the pictures of these victims were often um, uh, photographically touched up to make them look insane, to make them look bizarre um, when they looked simple. In fact, there were many women who, and most of the women who were, most of the individuals sterilized were women. Um, many women were um, uh, uh, declared to be touched or feeble-minded or uh, eugenically unfit because they smiled too too much. They were thought to be beguiling. They were thought thought to be threatening. They were thought to 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 uh, not be able to hold their own. They had all sorts of different uh, reasons for doing this. They also could uh, accuse anyone of being an alcoholic. They could include you know the whole concept of being um, a born criminal was born out of the eugenics movement. The whole idea of a of a financial crime. Uh, where none is perpetrated, um, the concept of vagrancy. What does vagrancy mean? Vagrancy is uh, the crime of standing around doing nothing without any money in your pocket. Um, uh, the concept that the, uh, that the eugenicists had was you are not born into prostitution. Prostitution is born into you. And consequently, even if you were um, a wealthy uh, black man, um, uh, and perhaps the president of your uh, uh, school or organization, uh, they would say that doesn't count because they tried to um, apply 
these Mendelian or genetic rules that said you may not be um, uh, you may not be um, a, a a criminal individual. You may not be destined for uh, um, uh, impoverishment, but your descendants will, because under the concept of Mendel, when you mix a a straight P with a blemished P. You get some straight and some blemished, and it was the concept, and it was the crusade of these uh, do-gooders who wanted to help society by committing genocide, millions at a stroke, uh, that they said, we will get rid of all the bloodlines. Now, it's interesting, uh, Adolf Hitler adopted the same approach when he said uh, that the Jews were carriers. So this is why they talked about feeble-minded. This is why they talked about epilepsy. This is why they talked about alcoholism, poverty, prostitution. It was one of the of the um, uh, of the social demerits that was constantly on their mind. They used to say, "You can take a black man, dress him up in a toga, and um, and uh, teach him Latin. That does not make him a Roman centurion." Oh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and you know what? If you're hearing this today, hey, you need to tell everyone you know about this show, about this book, and about this great new documentary. You need to tell everyone, because guess what? It's going to impact you. As sure as I'm sitting here talking to you, it's going to impact you. Uh, Peter, Justin, and Edwin, Either one of you can, any of you can respond to this, but in your opinion, do you believe the eugenic leaders in America were the catalyst for genocide in Germany, and how strong do you believe that link was? Well, if you like, I will respond, because um, when you ask that question, were the Americans responsible, you have to say several things. Did they try to be responsible? The answer is yes. Did they admit being responsible in their own correspondence, uh, where they bragged about, well, uh, we were responsible for turning Germany into this, um, uh, into this way? Uh, The answer is yes. Did the Nazis identify America as they did in, as Hitler did in Mein Kampf and said this is the ideal? The answer is yes. Did the Nazis identify themselves in a biological war? The answer is yes, and so we understand that World War II was not as much uh, a war of territorial conquest and economic plunder as it was a biological war backed up by a, um, by a fascist and ruthless mili- military. The Nazis at the highest level, uh, including Hitler's personal circle, were uh, accustomed to saying national socialism is just biology in action. And so the answer is yes. And, of course, when, when you have specific targeting, we're not just talking spiritual target, targeting, we're not just talking about printing, when you have the Rockefeller Foundation funding the very program that ultimately sent uh, Mengele into Auschwitz, when you have the Carnegie Institution at Long Island uh, distributing Nazi propaganda, when you have the uh, Nuremberg Laws, fashioned after uh, the formulas propounded by the Carnegie Institution during the 1928 National Origins Act uh, with Harry Laughlin, 
one of their um, uh, impresarios getting an award in 1937 for their contribution to the Third Reich. It is absolutely clear that the genesis is clear. The linkage is clear. What became less clear was when the, when the gas cleared from the, from, from the chambers at Auschwitz and Treblinka, those uh, who were um, responsible looked at themselves and said, this was not us. We didn't mean it to go this way. But in point of fact, they did. Because those in power at the time said, quote, while we were, uh, as one of the uh, Virginia uh, legislators said, while we were pussyfooting around, Adolf Hitler was calling a spade a spade. All their contemporaneous quotes are in the uh, book. And I might, and I have a website, by the way, waragainstaweek.com. And by the way, at one point, uh, one of the key eugenicists in America actually had a guest of honor seat at the bench on a, on, on a eugenic court to decide who could live and who could die and by what means they would live and by what means they would die. This was a binary in which American eugenics determined to create a master race was in the, was in the driver's seat and Germany was in the back seat until the rise of Hitler. And then Hitler says, you're not driving fast enough. Move over. And then the Nazis went into the driver's seat, and America was a willing passenger in the back seat. And then when they finally got to this hellish destination, they said, I didn't mean it. Oh, let me tell you what. See how passionate he is? He's like that all the time, just so you know. Never changes. He's like that all the time. And I want to repeat to you again about Edwin. He is the award-winning New York Times uh, and international investigative author of 65 best-selling editions in 14 languages, 61 countries. He is the award-winning best-selling book author of IBM and the Holocaust, the Transfer Agreement, War Against the Weak, Banking on Baghdad, Internal Combustion, The Plan, The Nazi Nexus, Format C, and see how he sounds? He's like that all the time. He is like that. Edwin, before we move on to the last few questions, uh, you want to tell everyone, possibly, uh, something that you shared with me, which is in, about your uh, own parents. If you don't well, uh, I became determined to um, delve into these dark questions because of my own ancestry. My uh, parents were victims. They were not disabled, um, but they were uh, persecuted, uh, which made them uh, socially disabled. My mom uh, escaped from a train on the way to Treblinka. Her mother pushed her out of the small grill that was in the boxcar. She fell to the ground, um, uh, was shot by the uh, local militia. Her uh, was buried in a mass uh, grave with uh, many other people. Her leg was sticking up in the snow when my father came upon her, and um, he was a partisan in the woods, and um, he pulled her out of the snow, um, razored off her gangrene, 
and the two of them lived in the woods, much as uh, in the film Defiance. And when I was born in the United States in 1950, and when I came, I thought it was my duty not to chronicle uh, what had happened because other people were talking about the bullets and the bloodshed in the barracks. I was going to explain how it happened, the hidden history. And so I have to excavate who was involved in this. And that is why, if I can mention my latest book, Nazi Nexus, I tied six American companies with direct complicity in the Holocaust. That would be uh, the Ford Motor Company for giving Adolf Hitler the concept of racial uh, political anti-Semitism through the publishing the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. And here it is. We have Adolf Hitler saying, uh, Henry Ford, you are my hero. Uh, we talk about the Carnegie Institution for inventing the concept of the master race. They used the term uh, the Nordic race, and uh, Adolf Hitler merely took that word, changed it to, Ar- uh, to Aryan, took his pre- pre-existing uh, fascist nationalism, and medicalized it, and there, thereby was able to say, we are just doing, doing this for medical and scientific pur- uh, purposes. The Rockefeller Foundation, uh, for um, spending uh, millions during the Depression while Americans were in breadlines to create um, uh, well-endowed um, eugenic institutions, race uh, scientists, um, pe- uh, people trying to uh, perpetrate genocide, and ultimately funding the number one uh, uh, Nazi doctor, Atmar Vishore, whose uh, protege was then, um, even after the funding stopped, was sent to Auschwitz to do the twin study. Uh, I also uh, uh, document how General Motors um, uh, um, made the Holocaust possible by getting Hitler off the horse and um, on, in, in, in onto wheels. It was General Motors that secretly armed the Hitler regime uh, for 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 the reconquest of Europe. Uh, they made the Blitz truck for the Blitz tree, the Ju eight um, the Ju eighty eight bomber to uh, rain terror from the air, and torpedo warheads um, to bring terror on uh, in the water. And so, Je- so Adolf Hitler did not create the Holocaust that he did on horseback. This was not a horseback Holocaust. This was the Blitzkrieg, and the Blitzkrieg was based upon the Blitz truck, and that was General Motors. They even positioned the truck parts along the uh, Polish border uh, in the weeks before September 1st, uh, 1939, so that the Germans could thrust ahead with all the spare parts. And, of course, the number one uh, culprit, uh, international business machines, that's IBM, and IBM, of course, co-planned um, the Holocaust with the Nazis, uh, all six phases. Um, they, they owned and controlled um, uh, um, information technology through the Hollerith punch card. They were able to store information on any individual or process or quantity in the holes that were punched into the rows and columns on a punch card, which was the forerunner of the computer. And IBM actively organized all six phases of the Holocaust. That's the identification of the Jews, the exclusion from society, um, their ghettoization, 
the confiscation of their assets, their deportation, and even their extermination. The, the, the infamous Auschwitz tattoo began as an IBM number, and this once again was done consciously. There was, in a, there was an IBM customer site in every concentration camp, um, whether it was in Auschwitz, which was across from the IG Farben plant, in uh, Auschwitz II, also known as Monowitz, or whether it was the Hollerith Bunker, just uh, a few yards from the main gate in uh, Dachau. Um, And uh, it was IBM that consciously agreed to give Hitler the weapons that he needed. And so when we ask ourselves, when did the information age begin, it was not in Silicon Valley. It was in Berlin. My goodness. Well, listen, I know we only have a few minutes until close, but I wanted to ask each of you, starting with you, Justin, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, the answer is, and the importance of this project is that, as I've said before, that if we don't know this history, it's going to repeat. And uh, as, as we're seeing now with debates over health care and everything else, there, uh, I think people want to know this message, and they want to know where the the history and the roots of certain ideas are. And unless you educate yourself, you can't know and you can't fight. So um, please sign up, see the movie, uh, tell people about it, and uh, arm yourself with knowledge because that's all that we can do. How about you? How about you, Pete? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, just like what Justin said. Uh, you know, uh, we really want to make people aware of the film, and uh, people should really see it, read the book, and get the message out. And how about you, my close friend, Edwin Black? I will say this. You, can choose, you cannot choose your history, but you can choose your future. Choose wisely. Well, you know how we end the show with a famous quote by a civil rights leader? You just heard it. We don't need another quote. You just heard it. Everyone in life gets a chance to make a difference, and I often think to myself, look what has happened with the life of Edwin Black. And, Edwin, you have made your parents proud, but you have also made all those who were considered weak very proud. You really have. You are a great man. And Justin and Pete, we are 100% behind this film. I am going to make sure as the chair of the Epilepsy Foundation that we talk about this everywhere. I know that AAPD, Andy Imperato, is very excited about this film. Uh, But you out there, if you're interested in this film or you want to have it shown somewhere, Justin, what do they do? Uh, you can join our website, uh, go to our website, waragainstweekmovie.com, join our group on Facebook, um, follow us on Twitter, or you can email us. Pete, what's an email they can use? Uh, if they go to the website, uh, there's a, a bunch of emails that uh, anyone can use, either info at waragainstweekmovie.com or mail at waragainstweekmovie.com. All right. Thank each of you. I want to thank each of you for what you did, and Justin, thank you for making this movie. I mean it. Thank you so much. Edwin, we love you. Pete, thank you so much. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters. 
at voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 